0: Welcome to Make Dance Fun, the podcast from Confetti on the Dance Floor that's all about adding fun, festiveness, and a little fancy to your dance studio. In each episode, we'll be sharing tips, tricks, and tools that have helped us run a successful business for almost three decades. I'm Becca Moore.
1: And I'm Danny Rosenberg. Together, we own Rhythm Dance Center, where we are known for our fun and energetic atmosphere. In addition, we created Confetti on the Dance Floor to inspire dance teachers and studio owners through our fun products, creative ideas, engaging blog posts, and now
0: this podcast. So let's get started and make dance fun.
1: Hi guys, welcome to episode 18 of the Make Dance Fun Podcast. We are excited to have a fun guest with us today. But before we introduce her and dive into some more summer talk, we want to share another fabulous review. This one is from Robin O. and is titled, Sharing is Caring. And she says, I love how willing Becca and Danny are to share everything. So many fun ideas and so much inspiration in each episode. And they share it all. In a world full of competition, I love how willing they are to share and encourage others to do the same. Thanks for the inspiration, spreading all the positivity, and for building the dance community up. Thank you so much, Robin O., for that fabulous review. Please be sure to email us at funbegins at com or DM us on Instagram with your email address so we can send you a $25
0: credit to the confetti shop. So, today we're going to talk a little more about summer since it's right around the corner. Hopefully, you've already listened to the two summer episodes that we have already recorded. If you haven't, we suggest you do that. And if you remember, we talked briefly about our summer camp director. Well, we're going to dive in a little deeper on that position, and who better to chat with than our rhythm camp director herself, Emily Salerno? Woo! Yay, applause. Hi, applause. guys. Okay, so Emily is actually a rhythm alum, and she came on full time with us after graduating from college. How many years ago was that, Emily? I graduated 2015, and I was full time in 2016. Woohoo! So uh, we actually hired her to be our performing, co- our connection performing company director. Um, but so as she's been with us for a couple of years now, her position has evolved. I, did, was Summer Camp director your first year as well, or did that evolve into your second year? You it was because I was hired in August, so okay. it was kind so of my like summer. the next summer. Okay, cool. Um, but she does a lot of stuff. She's awesome at Canva, which we're going to talk about that a little bit later. And she does all kinds of things for us here at Rhythm.
1: Yes. So Emily, welcome to the Make Dance Fun podcast. Thanks guys. We are so thrilled that you are here with us today and we're excited for you to share some of the things that you do at Rhythm all year long to keep our summers running smoothly
0: like they do. So before we really get started, I want to say that Before she was the summer camp director, I think we've mentioned that we always usually plan our dates in the fall. And we usually actually plan them at our recital retreats. And we go ahead and get those dates on the calendar. And we usually start with our summer intensives for our performing companies. And then we add in our camps. So in the past, before Emily, we would still do that. We would still get our dates all set, usually at the recital retreat. And then we would announce them in late January or February. We would go ahead and start enrollment. But I will say that we literally never planned anything else <laughs> until literally, like, so Danny I would be like in the middle of recital and Danny would be like, oh my gosh, we have, we
1: have a camp that We have five my days. dance debut
0: five days after whatever. And so we would be like scrambling around to figure out who's going to teach that. Do we need to get props? Do we need to order anything? Blah, blah, blah. So we would always do that. And then I, I feel like then what would happen is we would get into the first week of camp and then we would be like, okay, what is happening the rest of the year? It's literally one day at a time. Who's going to be, who is going to be. (laughs) Who's on first. Yeah, exactly. Also, I I also think that Camp Confetti has been a huge help in planning our camps. It's really been a game changer for us from a creative standpoint, because before Camp Confetti, we would also have to be like, what kind of camps are we going to do? What's popular? Are we going to do Disney? Are we going to do Princess? And so now, because we have Camp Confetti, that part of it is already done that was the background on where we were before we had Emily. So Emily, we're going to let you talk now. Uh, So why don't you walk us through the general timeline for the year? So for example, like when do you start working with the dates and staffing and announcements, just basically your general timeline?
2: Yeah, it is uh, quite the general timeline. So like Becca and Danny said, Uh, We start our dates in November, and they're very baseline preliminary dates. We know that we do three elementary camps. We know we do two five-day camp confettis for preschool. We do three. So we have like a set number of camps that we do. So we do the very base preliminary dates in November. And for some of our camps, we have very key staff members who do them. So we factor in their summer availability so, it's six to eight months before <laughs> they might even know what they do, but we get there before they plan their summer vacations. Yeah, and, so and I'll also helpful. say that's
0: definitely an all Emily thing because Danny and I never did that. So, that's awesome that Emily does that. Eight months ahead of time. Because <laughs> that is not a thing that happens in Becca and Danny land.
2: Hey, I can't do those camps without those key people. So, mm-hmm. they are hired. Um, so, then in January, uh, we assign main themes to each of those camps. January is kind of our big. Um, lead into all of our summer camps. So that is when I start with, uh, once we assign themes and I go through and I create all of the collateral, I create our summer camp packet, I create our flyer, I create um, I update the website. We do all of the graphics. We do everything in January. And towards the end of January, the beginning of February, is when we do our summer camp launch week here at Rhythm. And in years past, it's been a shark theme. It's been an Aloha theme. This year we did Frozen, of course.
0: Um, and I will add that this year was our highest enrollment ever. It was huge. During our launch week. Yeah, by double. Yeah, I'm not so sure if it's if everybody's it, ready
1: to get out of the COVID land or if it's Elsa, Elsa and Anna. Anna. Well, either way, real we'll We don't, yeah, <laughs> we're,
0: we're fine with whatever
2: it is. Yeah, and during that summer camp launch week, we offer a discount. It's huge. It's a big thing. Around February is when I go ahead and start sending out staff availability. Uh, like I said, we have a lot of key people, so I try and snag them before they make any summer camp plans for vacations or family plans or anything so I can go ahead and get those dates on their calendars. And I think
0: even... Even from the reverse standpoint, I know that there's some people, like, for example, our spotlight directors, like, we know we need them to do a specific spotlight team camp. So we're going to reach out to that person before we set the dates at all to say, hey, when are you available? Because there's certain people, like, and obviously for the performing company intensive, same things. Like, you're going to obviously have to be available when we do the connection intensive and all of that. So there's some of that that we do reverse.
2: And then come April, because March is always crazy time with competition and conventions and everything. So April is when we really finalize our teachers. And then May, we finalize our assistants. And in May is also kind of where I send out all of the Camp confetti to all of the teachers who are going to do them. And so they can go ahead and start reading through. Um, that's what's great about the Camp confetti is that we're able to just read through them and see what we're going to do. And then if there are things that we have to order with crafts or T-shirts that we have to order, anything that has to happen before the week before we try and go ahead and get that done early June. So it's already thought about after the recitals, everything is done and ready to go. And then June through July is summer camp party.
0: And then will you talk also about just how you track that? Like, do you you usually send out like a Google form? Yes. Yeah, so I track all of our staff availability with Google
2: forms. I think I use Google nonstop.
0: I probably should have a sponsorship by now. <laughs> I know that, like, another thing Emily does is she does all of this, and then she'll just say to Danny and I, usually in our Monday staff meeting, she'll be like, Hey, can we set up a meeting this week at some Mm -hmm. point just to go over staffing or assistance or whatever? So she'll, like, get everything organized and then come to us and say, Hey, are you good with this? Are you good with this? Blah, blah, blah. I think we have a meeting that we're supposed to have. We do.
2: We might have it today. Who knows? Maybe we will. Maybe Maybe we will. Um, so, yeah, so Google Forms is how I primarily track all of staff availability. I organize everything through Google Sheets, um... But the best thing about Google Forms is they go into a Google Sheet. So I have two separate Google Forms, one for assistants, one for teachers, and I have them filter into the same Google Sheet. So all of the staffing is on the same page and I can figure out everything super easy. So Google Forms, Google Calendar, um,
1: Google Sheets. Emily, Emily is a Google Queen. I love it. She, when we need anything of having to do with a form or a sheet, she is our go-to for sure. <laughs> But, yeah, so we will have a meeting shortly to go over all of the info she has collected over the last eight months and consolidated so that we can actually have camps running efficiently. This From time. an
0: organizational standpoint, is there anything else you feel like you do? I mean, obviously, Google Sheets, Google Forms, mm-hmm. that's basically at this point right. where you keep track. Pretty of much everything. The only
2: everything. other thing is I keep all camp confettis in one single Dropbox just because mm-hmm. we have that's so smart. many teachers who do – a wide variety of Camp Confettis. And a lot of times, sometimes some of the Camp Confettis can overlap. So we can pick and choose from different themes and kind of pull from different combos and different ideas and different crafts and kind of as a good reference point. It's
1: I know a great thing about Camp Confetti is yeah. that, you know, what we say all the time, once you have it, once you have a confetti Camp Confetti, it's yours to do whatever you want with. You can pull individual activities if it makes sense with another camp, if it helps with decor, because you've got two camps going on at once, you can there's a lot of crossover, which is great. And I know okay.
0: that even with some of our dance and play parties, we may use a camp confetti theme as a dance and play party. And so mm-hmm. then you would just have the teacher of the dance and play party, Pick. would they just go in? Or do you usually go in and say, this is the craft we're going to do for this?
2: It depends on the teacher. A lot of times we'll go in and do the same craft. For instance, this year we have a three-day, which is going to be Twirltopia Princess Academy, which is literally the most popular camp of you all guys, time. And
0: I don't know if you... I'm sure that I've talked about this before, but like, I mean, I love... Obviously, I love princess. Like it's fine. Like that's fine. But I always like with our camp confetti. I always want to go a different route and do something that is different, different. <laughs> and then, what's our most popular seller? The princess camp. I mean, what's All our ours. most popular camp? I mean, I get it. I get it. For
1: three and four year olds, you cannot go wrong with a princess.
0: They anyway. eat
2: it up. Yeah. And so we have a three day Trolltopia. and then the following Friday, so after the camp's over, we have a dancing with my favorite princess, dance and play party. So we can either pull from a Trolltopia craft. We always try and make sure that the kids, if there's kids who are in Trolltopia and also doing this dance and play, that they're not doing the same craft. Mm, That's smart. Good tip. Thank you. Good tip. So in the event that we have, if we have a crossover, we won't do the same craft. If there's no crossover, we can just buy additional craft supplies. And while we're prepping for that craft, we just go ahead and make a little bit extra and then we're set for that dance and play. Way to be efficient. Yeah. We also use twirl to goes a lot for our dance and plays. And those are... Phenomenal. And they're so easy and gives you our dance and play parties are two hours. So the twirl to goes fit that two hour time
0: span perfectly. Perfectly. Obviously, advertising and marketing is key in filling your camps. So also, we need to have great graphics to use for marketing and creating our brochure. Um, Emily is awesome at Canva. You guys, I love Canva. I feel like I'm a rabbit hole Canva person because mm. there's so many options. Yes. So when I go into Canva, it's like creative playtime. And mm-hmm. I want to look at every graphic possible, every template possible. This yes. is
1: nothing new for Becca no. and any,
0: anything <laughs> creative. This, This is where Emily... Emily is, is way more creative, efficient. but also
1: more efficient. She way more has a efficient. job and she gets it done. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. yeah. And I
0: like so if I'm doing Canva brochure, it's gonna take me three days to complete it. If Emily's doing Canva brochure, it takes her two hours to complete it. Maybe. Possibly. Maybe. Sometimes Pens. Emily creates it during our staff meeting. Sometimes during our staff meeting, if we have a to-do, like by the end of the staff meeting, Emily's like, okay, I did it. Here's the graphic. Do you want to look at it? And I'm like, oh, my God, you're so annoying.
1: (laughs) In the best way possible. But, yeah, so so anyway,
0: she's really fast at it. And so I know that you use Canva to create brochure and graphics. So tell us about that aspect of it.
1: Yeah, so
2: Canva is my BFF. I use it for literally everything, especially with like Instagram stories and Insta posts and everything. So uh, like I talked about earlier, we always do kind of two main summer camp collateral items. So we always have the summer packet, which is a multi-page, it's like five to six pages, and it has every camp theme with the description, the dates, the cost, the time, um, and obviously some super cute like pictures and graphics and things. And then we have a smaller one-page flyer, and that just simply has the dates, there's no description on it dates, ages, times and cost. and that is actually what we end up printing and potentially handing out this So we hand out at our summer camp launch week. The packet is massive and it's beautiful, but it would cost a bajillion dollars to print it. so it just lives in a Dropbox on our website so that people can see it whenever they need to. And
0: I think also another thing we did this year um, is we created a QR code. Um, with a link to that packet that we put, because our lobby's closed, so we put that QR code on a thing right outside the door so that parents could access it from there during launch week. We did right. that. Um, but yeah, it is real. would be really expensive to print that. We used to do that, I feel like, but... We did.
1: We did for yeah. a while, and when they were gone, they were gone, but... but Another thing I
0: think we use, like, friend right
1: now. Right.
0: usually, like, so that page, the the basic page that Emily creates, that that page also even will go into our program at the end of the year for the show we always have a summer camp page in there so I may take like what if she's already done and just add like a different frozen background to it and put that into the program
1: we just talked about how crazy the springtime is and leading you know competitions this time of year and then leading into the year-end shows so we know that you're working ongoing to get everything lined up but once our shows are over and if summer has officially kicked in what is your process prior to each camp? Like, meaning the days before each camp. When when do you prep for the crafts? Um, when do you, do you send staff reminders? Do you send the campers reminders? And when does all of that happen?
2: So May is normally when I will send out, "Hey guys, don't forget summer camps are happening." Um, I normally at that first week of camp, whatever camps are happening that week, I try and go ahead and get those planned and done and shopped for prior to our year-end show even happening. Um, That way it's not a stressor for me, it's not a stressor for the teacher, everything's
1: all set. And we all do like to take a few days off after our show, so that that helps (laughs) right you actually be able to take a few days off and not have to be thinking about oh gosh we've got camp coming up in three days right
2: so in may is also when because we do have multiple staff members who teach these camps so i always assign a lead for every single camp and so i send the camp confetti to each of those leads i have them go through it and some of the leads are awesome and they love to just shop for their camps themselves they are completely self sufficient um, especially in the land of preschool, which is not my best realm. It is not my cup of tea. I am the first to admit that. Um, So our Camp Confetti lead, Miss Jenny, um, will go through each Camp Confetti theme and see what she needs to get, if there's anything that she needs for me to do. Most of the elementary camps I do myself. So that all kind of happens in May, just to see if there's anything that we have to order prior. About two weeks before the camp starts, we try and get a very – broken down version of every single day. So 9 to 10 camp warm-up or welcomes and everything, nine ten to 9, 30. So a day-to-day camp breakdown of what everything is going to happen, what activities we're doing, what crafts.
0: Do you put that in a spreadsheet or do you just tell people? Do you post well, they, that anywhere? Like individual
1: per camp. So Right.
2: It's- we normally do it. I just do it on a PDF and I just send it to the camp teachers. Okay. If it's a collaborative effort with – um. Just trying to put it all together. Then we'll do it sometimes in a Google doc
0: mm-hmm. every once in a while, but right. it just
2: depends on the camp and every camp varies a little bit. Okay. Um, so once that is broken down, then we know kind of the day to day of what's happening uh, about a week prior. I normally do the craft shopping for whatever camps are happening. For the next week, I pretty much go to Hobby Lobby every Thursday, and by the end of the summer, they're tired of even seeing me. So I don't know how I don't have coupons to there, but it's fine. Um, and so once that happens, then we email the assistants and teachers with the schedule, final reminders. And the thing that's difficult too about craft shopping is your summer camp. Um, numbers are constantly fluctuating. Mm. Kids are dropping because they are sick. Kids are adding because they realize that they aren't going somewhere. So that 40 campers can sometimes turn into 38 or 45 depending on the week. So we always try and kind of create a little buffer. If I'm shopping for 40 campers, I normally shop for 45 just in case
0: I'd rather have too much than too little. You and can then, never have too many craft supplies. As, oh, goodness. Now, As we're sitting here recording this podcast in a room full of crafts yeah. all around us.
2: Everyone. And at Rhythm, pom pom balls will always be
0: used. So there's always. no problem buying too many. Always.
2: And then after that, the first, after the week before, um, I'll send assistance reminders, teachers reminders, um, and we normally do craft prep the day before the craft happens. So if the Tuesday craft is a seashell wand, we have the teachers and assistants stay from anywhere from one to two hours after the camp happens to prep for the next day so that we come in and everything is ready to go.
1: Yeah, that's key with your communication with your teachers ahead of time, making sure they understand that that's part of part of what they're being paid for and part of right. the process.
2: In my first year I attempted to be the superhero and do all of the craft <laughs> prep myself. Not, And any. it was the, it was so hard. I was every single day I was staying here until eight or nine o'clock to try to finish crafts for the next day. When I could have had four people create an assembly line, the one yes. to two hours after camp and everything's set and ready to go. Right. So delegating has been huge. Yeah.
0: And I do think that that's good. Like letting everybody know that ahead of time, like, mm-hmm. Hey guys, this is what the camp look, looks like this week. This is going to be your schedule. I'm going to need you to stay after for two hours each day or whatever to prep for the next day. So that you'll be ready to go. Right. All of that is definitely right. really
2: good. And then normally I did forget to say this, the Friday before the camp even starts is when we will go ahead and decorate for the upcoming camp week. By the time Friday comes, I'm I'm tired. I'm ready to go home. Yes, it's been a absolutely. long camp week. Absolutely. And the last thing I want to do Monday morning this or Sunday afternoon. In. Right. Exactly. So we'll all stay and kind of break down the camps that happened beforehand, put everything away. I'll go through the craft supplies and see if there's anything that I should have restocked, anything that I should have done. And then we'll just decorate for the camp that comes
0: what about like because I know like with um with Camp Confetti I know that we have for every camp we have the invitations and we have um the certificates for the end do you print any of that like way ahead of time or is that something that you print like the week before or do you have Krista do it like morning of or how do you do that
2: I will normally print them so the invitations Ooh, hack, Camp Confetti hack. So (laughs) I have learned that we use um, these Avery Shipping labels. There's four to a page. We use them for our audition numbers. We use them all the time they are the perfect size to print the confetti invitation on. Oh. And so a lot of times with the preschoolers, they have, they have issues with Glee. gluing. Uh-huh. So I print them on a sticker and then we print, we give the sticker that to each kid. That is a
0: huge hack. Huge if you are hack. listening to this, you just got a huge bonus. And
2: you can pull it in. Avery has a template oh maker gosh. and they, um, so I'll just pull in a single image. I'll just crop the image. I'll type in the day of the performance, the time of the performance, and I
0: just print it and we cut it and we give oh, it to the kids. That is the biggest Hack ever! Oh, I didn't even know that. I just learned either. something genius. So <laughs> I'll do that about awesome. the Friday welcome before to
1: rhythm summer camp. Right? Yeah.
0: I hope you're listening to this podcast, or you're not going to know about that hack. You're welcome. <laughs> and then for the certificates,
2: we normally print them on the Wednesday before. Again, just because I don't want to print too many. If right. there's kids who drop, sometimes the kids get into the camp and two days in, they don't enjoy it. And so they drop and they don't want to do it. So we normally wait until Wednesday to do all of those.
1: And you don't want to have a mishap with your printer. If you have a (laughs) printer in your studio where it stops working like we had last week. Oh, yeah.
0: What about sending the parents, the campers, their emails? Like when do they get that? Do you go ahead and put that out the week before? Like this is what you need to wear. This is what you need to bring. Or do you Mm -hmm. do that, like, do you do that daily? Basically
1: what to expect from their camp. We normally send that
2: anywhere between Wednesday to Friday the week before the camp actually happens. And within that, that'll have uh, what they need to wear, um, their schedule, um, if they need to know a specific studio that they're going to be in. Uh, we go ahead and let them know their show time on the last day of camp. We always do a big showcase at the end, and so we let them know their show time. Um, we normally do that about the Wednesday to Friday before the camp even starts. But then if there's additional reminders, like when we did marquee mix-up and the kids have to wear specific things for the days that we're doing a shoot day, mm-hmm. um, we go ahead and email the campers pretty much throughout the week. Hey, reminder, this is what everyone needs to wear for this day. Please make sure your dancer packs this do this, et cetera, et cetera. So normally that happens about the Wednesday to Friday beforehand. Mm -hmm. Parents, if you send them any sooner,
1: they're going to completely forget forget it. it. So we keep it easy. And I would say a lot of these families have registered for these camps. They forgot when they're even coming. So I think sending all those reminders, you know, right at the last minute is actually really, really smart. Exactly. So they don't forget.
0: Okay. So um, is there anything else you can think of that would be relevant to share? I feel like for summer camps, the kids are coming off
2: of a huge recital. They're finally on the show. They're on the big stage. They've been working all summer or all year to be on stage. And so for them, it's kind of a, it's a downhill slope until they get to summer. So I feel like I have seen a lot of um, different studios when they do summer camps. They're very focused on making sure that the dancers are perfect and they know exactly what they're doing and we kind of lose that element of fun that summer camps have they're fun they're magical they're themed you don't get it's to come summer. to the it's fun. the summer and so they come in and they Just making sure that summer camps stay fun, especially because a lot of times new students are moving in and the first taste that they get of your studio is a summer camp. Mm -hmm. We've had so many kids who have taken a summer camp and the minute that the camp is over, their mom comes up to me and asks to enroll in classes for next year. So it's a huge way to build your student base. And a lot of friends and things, a lot of dancers will bring their friends and kind of introduce them to the studio. And so it's a huge way to build your numbers. And so just making sure that they have the best. Yeah, I think that's a really,
0: really good point, honestly, because I know that like we have, obviously, for our more advanced uh, dancers, we have performing company intensives, we also have our open classes, where that is also going to be something that's a little more technique based and whatever. So I do think that that's a really good point that you want your camps to actually be fun. Yeah. Like, that's summer, what it's about. Right. It that's is. Right. So it's not necessarily about them learning. I mean, of course you want to teach them right. basic technique, and it, you want it to be correct. You don't want to teach them wrong. But that, right. As in anything, but
1: it's the experience. Absolutely. You, you want them to mm-hmm. have that experience, and leaving your studio feeling like that was the best week they've had is is huge and key. Right. Right. And, like, a rec dancer in three or five
2: days is not going to make a combination perfect. And just if they get one A-count, they get two steps, it is the best thing ever, and they have had the best week, and they are
0: happy. absolutely. And I know we do for not all of our camps, but some of the Camp Confettis are video camps and... Emily does that too. I know that that's been something that we've struggled with here and there with making the video is like, we're used to like, if we're producing a video, it's usually like with our advanced dancers and they're nailing and it's like music video, like amazingness. And then it's summer camp and they're first graders and it's their first dance class and they're going in 12 different directions, but you just kind of have to embrace that. Right. Be like, you guys look
1: awesome. And just, but that's, that's the fun of it too. Just seeing that, like Emily said, seeing that spark in those little kids that had no idea that this even existed and then, you know, having them want to come back and take more classes and grow from there is, is really what it's all about. Right. Well, Emily, that was just awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for, Everything you do for us here at Rhythm to ensure that our summers run smoothly, but also for helping to make dance fun all summer long. That's so good. Um, also, a huge thank you for being here with us today and sharing all of your all of your go-to hacks and, <laughs> and everything you do in your summer camp. Yeah, I'm pretty camp, excited about that moment. Summer camp. That was nice. Position. Um, we have talked about this position with, you know, in other podcasts, other episodes, and Just glad you were able to be here to really dive in and explain a little bit more about the details.
0: And like where at your studio, you may not be in the position right now to hire someone that can fully take on your summers. But I think even taking one aspect of what we talked about today and trying to delegate that, whether it's someone that is like managing the planning of like maybe you are still gonna work on the staffing, but maybe you hire someone or you delegate someone to do all the the pre-planning to get all of the crafts together and all of that kind of stuff just maybe taking any of those things and try to delegate a little bit, signing up to someone else in that, that way that can open up some time for you as a studio owner to focus on other things, or maybe even take a little time off. Start somewhere. start small and build on that position as you can.
1: Yes. Thank you all so much for listening today. And we hope you found all that Emily shared with us to be helpful. As a reminder, we would love for you to give us a five-star rating and leave us a review on iTunes. And remember that we will share one review each week and that person will receive a $25 confetti shop credit. Also make sure to follow us on Instagram at confetti on the dance floor and at rhythm dance center. We hope you all have a great week.
0: Thank you. Thank Emily. You, Emily of course.
1: Bye.